Chapter Five of A Bayard from Bengal by F. Anstey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Five: The Duel to the Death. The ordinary valor only works at those rare intervals when peril lurks. There is a courage, scarcer far and stranger, which nothing can intimidate but danger. Original stanza by H. B. J. No sooner had Mr. Bosch obeyed the summons of Lord Jack than the latter not only violently reproached him for having embezzled the heart of his chosen bride, but inflicted upon him sundry severe kicks from behind, barbarously threatening to encore the proceeding unless Chunder instantaneously agreed to meet him in a mortal combat. Our hero, though grievously hurt, did not abandon his presence of mind in his tight fix seating himself upon a divan so as to obviate any repetition of such treatment he thus addressed his former friend my dear jack plato observes that anger is an abbreviated form of insanity do not let us fall out about so mere a trifle since one friend is the equivalent of many females is it my fault that feminines overwhelm me with unsought affections let us both remember that we are men of the world and if you on your side will overlook the fact that i have unwittingly fascinated your fiancée i on mine am ready to forget my unmerciful kickings but lord jolly violently rejected such give-and-take compromise and again declared that if mr bosh declined to fight he was to receive further kicks upon this chunder demanded time for reflection he was no bellicose but he reasoned thus with his soul it is not certain that a bullet will hit whereas it is impossible for a kick to miss its mark so weeping to find himself between a deep sea and the devil of a kicking he accepted the challenge feeling like imperial caesar when he found himself compelled to climb up a rubicon after having burnt his boots being naturally reluctant to kick his brimming bucket of life while still a lusty juvenile mr bosh was occupied in lamenting the injudiciousness of providence when he was most unexpectedly relieved by the entrance of his lady-love the princess jones who having heard that her letter had fallen into lord jack's hands and that a sanguinary encounter would shortly transpire had cast off every rag of maidenly propriety and sought a clandestine interview she brought bindabun the gratifying intelligence that she was a persona grata with his lordship's seconder mr bodgers who was to load the deadly weapons and who at her request had promised to do so with cartridges from which the bullets had previously been bereft such a piece of good news so enlivened mr bosh that he immediately recovered his usual serenity and astounded all by his perfect nonchalance it was arranged that the tragical affair should come off in the back garden of baronet jolly's castle immediately after breakfast in the presence of a few select friends and neighbours among whom needless to say was princess petunia whose lamp-like optics beamed encouragement at her indian champion and the duchess of dickinson who was now the freehold tenement of those fiendish siamese twins malice and jealousy at breakfast mr bosh partook freely of all the dishes and rallied his antagonist for declining another fowl egg rather wittily suggesting that he was becoming a chicken-hearted the company then adjourned to the garden and all who were non-combatants took up positions as far outside the zone of fire as possible Mr. Bosch was rejoiced to receive from the above-mentioned Mr. Bodgers a secret intimation that it was the put-up job and a little piece of all right, 
which emboldened him to make the rather spirited proposal to his lordship that they were to fire not at a distance of one hundred paces as originally suggested but across the more restricted space of a nose-kerchief this daredevilish proposal occasioned a universal outcry of horror and admiration mr bosch's seconder a young poor-hearted chap entreated him to renounce his plan of campaign while lord jack and mr bodgers protested that it was downright tom folly chunder however remained game to his backbone if he ironically said my honourable friend prefers to admit that he is inferior in physical courage to a native indian who is commonly accredited with a funky heart let him apologize otherwise as a challenged i am the master of the ceremonies i do not insist upon the exchange of more than one shoot but it is the sine qua non that such shoot is to take place across a nose-wipe upon which the lordship became green as grass with apprehensiveness being unaware that the cartridges had been carefully sterilized but gluing his courage to the sticky point he said be it so you bloodthirsty little beggar and may your gore be on your own knob it is always possible retorted mr bosh that we may both miss the target and he made a secret motion to mr bodgers with his superior eye-shutter intimating that he was to remember to omit the bullets but lack-a-daisy as poet burns sings the best-laid schemes both of men and in the mouse department are liable to gang aft and so it was in the present instance for duchess dickinson intercepted chunder bindabun's wink and with the diabolical intuition of a female divined the presence of a rather suspicious rat accordingly on the diaphanous pretext that mr bodgers was looking faintish and callow she insisted on applying a very large smelling-jar to his nasal organ whether the vessel was charged with salts of superhuman potency or some narcotic drug i am not to inquire but the result was that after a period of prolonged sternutation mr bodgers became impercipient on a bed of geraniums thereupon chunder perceiving that he had lost his friend in court magnanimously said i cannot fight an antagonist who is unprovided with a seconder and will wait until mr bodgers is recuperated but the honourable and diabolical duchess nipped this arrangement in the bud it would be a pity said she that mr bosch's fiery ardour should be cooled by delay i am capable to load a firearm and will act as lord jolly's seconder our hero took the objection that as a feminine was not legally qualified to act as seconder in mortal combats the duel would be rendered null and void and appealed to his own seconder to confirm this obiter dictum unluckily the latter was a poor beetle-head who was in excessive fear of offending the duchess and gave it as his opinion that sex was no disqualification and that the duchess of dickinson was fully competent to load the lethal weapons provided that she knew how whereupon she regarding mr bosh with the malignant simper of a fiend did not only deliberately fill each pistol-barrel with a bullet from her own reticule bag but also had the additional diablerie to extract a miniature laced mouchoir exquisitely perfumed with cherry blossoms and to say please fire across this i am confident that it will bring you good luck and mr bosh recognized with emotions that baffled description the very counterpart of the nose-handkerchief which she had flung at him months previously at the aforesaid fashionable bayswater ball now was our poor miserable hero indeed up the tree of embarrassment and there i must leave him till the next chapter end of chapter five read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com